Blog Talk Radio. Services, the doctors, the nurses, and the first responders 
for COVID. And also those wonderful people to clean up after them. <clears throat> and now that Logan has a job in a supermarket, the people stock the shelves. I was made to say that. Tonight's program is dedicated to a lady who had a very, very, very tough life uh, for many years. Uh, she was beaten. She was, uh, she was in a puppy farm. Um, she uh, gnawed her teeth uh, very badly. Uh, we were able to rescue her a while back and uh, bring her into our family. And she just uh, turned the corner and really got more could get a more loving, faithful dog. Unfortunately, last night, Suki passed away at the age of eight. So uh, we're uh, dedicating tonight's program to Suki. Well, guys, um, we got a uh, got a full show here tonight. Um, hey, Bob, I, I got a question. Bellator's got a lady who is in her 40s who wants to take on Cyborg. Is that do you know anything about that? Sorry, I had you on mute. Right. <laughs> are we talking Lynn Carmouche? Or who are we yeah. talking about here? Yeah. All right. She's uh, the, the Liz Gorilla Carmouche. Yeah. She's, she wants to take on Cyborg. So uh, power to her. You know, uh, Brazilian girl, um, mixed martial artist. So let, 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 let's see what she can do. I hope, you know, um, she's. I think she's 39, per year 40, but uh, mm -hmm. um, out of San Diego, so I'm gonna find her. But uh, best of luck. I hope, I hope she. Uh, I hope she does well. If you're able to find her, would you see if she wants to come on the program? Yeah, I'm gonna. Now that I know she's in San Diego, I'll do some digging. Okay. Hey Kai, how you doing tonight? I'm well. How's everyone doing? Yeah, I'm doing wonderful. Great. Good to hear you. Uh, Caden's uh, sitting back gloating tonight. Uh, he'll be here in a little bit. But, uh, he said something about uh, he didn't want to be here for the first few minutes when the pies were passed out. Uh, I think uh, he and Zito and I were the uh, the tank uh, people last week, and it seems that uh, Ryan uh, didn't do too well. Guy, what do you think? Well, I think didn't do, didn't do too well is – a bit of an understatement. Um, uh, like I said, I, I've embraced the taste of Crow because I did pick Ryan to win. With that being said, going in, I knew Tank was the far superior fighter. I knew Tank was a level uh, above Ryan. Uh, in my mind, I didn't think Ryan was going to win, but the reason why I predicted it was because I wanted to go out on a limb, and the prediction was based on assumptions, right? Not based on scientific fact, but based on assumptions I was making. See, I assumed that Ryan would have improved his craft since the last time we've seen him. I assumed that Ryan would realize he is the bigger, longer, and even slightly quicker guy with his hands, and he would fight at range. I assumed these things. I assumed that Ryan wouldn't stalk a puncher and put his chin and his whole upper body, allow that to come past his knees as he threw punches and falling in. 
I didn't. I assumed he wouldn't do these things because I assumed he recognized how serious the task was in front of him, and I assumed he would have improved uh, at an appropriate measure. Um, what we got was the Ryan Garcia we've always gotten. He didn't improve one iota. Um, so what it made me do when I watched that fight, it actually made me question Garcia's commitment to the game. Um, primarily because I didn't see any kind of strategic mental or emotional improvement or any improvement in his craft. And when you see that, especially with a young guy, right, you know, especially in mixed martial arts, but in boxing, these young guys improve fight to fight. And when you don't see any improvement, it makes you question his dedication. A lot of people are questioning his dedication because he didn't get up from a punch until after the ref said 10 when a lot of people thought he could have gotten up. But I'm not going to go into that. I'll let you guys talk about that. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we have some people uh, that we have as, as co-hosts that, that, uh, that have different nicknames. Uh, um, we have uh, Benny, the, uh, uh, Benny the Butcher, sometimes he wants to be called, or Benny the Big Dog. Then we have Tony the Baker. Uh, Tony's our uh, Pooh Pie Baker. Uh, it's Pooh Bear now to you. It's Pooh Bear. Yeah, Pooh Bear now. I'm not going to sit back and make excuses. So I got to take this one like a man. I dish it out every week. I'll take it. Uh, a little bit different than what Ty said. I looked at it from a different angle. I honestly thought Ryan Garcia, the, the two weeks uh, up to the event, looked a lot calmer. He looked like he was very confident, more so than ever. Uh, he tricked me. I mean, I really, truly thought he was going to take it. I didn't have any doubts. Uh, obviously, I stuck out on a limb on that one, and Mama was wrong again. So, all I could say is now I'm going to be pushing for Isaac Cruz to take down this this issue. So, Isaac Cruz okay. is going to take care of business. Ooh. That sounds like I'll, another... Uh, I keep... Should I start another Pooh Bear will take a double on that one. Ooh. When we were talking yesterday, you had a, a sidebar uh, to that whole story about uh, the camp and everything. Yeah, you want to uh, bring that out tonight? So, I mean, first of all, I want to talk about just what happened in the fight in general. Uh, just when, you know, from, from when the fight started to the fight ended, it just seemed like, Ryan Garcia was just going in kind of almost blindly. Like he had no, he had no sort of you know strategy to to get inside Javante uh, Davis's guard. It was just, it, it was just Javante was the better fighter all around. It seemed like he was going in with that that left jab and that uh, that left hook, and Javante knew that it was coming every single time. He caught him with it a couple times. He did catch him with it a couple times. I'll, I'll give, I'll give him that, but. All around, it was. It just seemed like Javante was the, the more well-rounded fighter, the more intelligent fighter, and Garcia was just lacking that defensive awareness when he was attacking. He had no defensive awareness at all, at all. But leading up to the fight, I heard a little, a little speculation going on right now. So, before the fight even started, uh, I think it was a couple weeks before the fight. Um, Ryan Garcia got injured to his rib uh, in, in training, and apparently, 
Uh, even even Garcia said it. He had a mole in his in his camp. He found out he had a mole in his camp, and he said it. Uh, I think it was a day after the fight. But there's also a video of Javante Davis, and a dude was asking him what he's gonna do in the fight, and Javante Davis was saying, uh, "I'm gonna hit him to the body. Just just watch for it. I'm gonna hit him for the. I'm gonna hit him in the body." And it was just it was just kind of weird. It was kind of it, it kind of like you know put two and two together. It's like he knew. You know, he knew that, that he was hurt there, and it was just kind of uh, a little bit shady. So I don't know if any of y'all heard about that. No. Oh, yeah, I heard about it. I, I, like, you know, like, and, not, and it's not the first time. Like, you, we've, I'm sure we've all heard about it throughout the years, not just in boxing and MMA. Um, and he, I, I don't doubt that he had a more. In fact, he was sparring with an 8-0 amateur with five KOs, and he's the one who hurt him to the body. And he actually put out a video that said, Ryan, I hurt you to the body. <laughs> so he put out a video too. So, you know, that that, that happens. I'm, I'm a firm believer that what happens in sparring should stay in sparring um, because nobody's peak typically in sparring, right? And, you know, that, that that's kind of, to me, an unsigned contract, right? We're, what we do behind closed doors is behind closed doors. And yeah. if I trust you in my sparring camp, I don't – you know, expect you to to go ahead and, and speak on that to the public. With that being mm-hmm. said, that never has a bearing in a fight. Typically, the better guy usually wins. And, Caden, you hit the nail on the head, man. In every aspect, uh, Javante Davis was levels above Ryan Garcia, specifically fight IQ, levels above him. You know, the one thing I noticed was that every time that uh, Tank would take a shot at him, he just he'd turn his body. It's like he didn't want to get hit. Um, and it just he just had no defense at all, and that's one of the things that hurt him. One of the many things, yes, yes. Like first, first yeah. of all, right? You know, Tank is five five and a half, and he's got short arms. He's not like he's five five and a half with a long reach. He's five five and a half with short arms. Ryan Garcia is like five eleven, rangy guy. The, his first layer of defense should have been fighting behind range. His first layer of defense should have been range. Um, but one of the big gulfs they had was in footwork. Ryan Garcia's footwork continues to be atrocious, whereas Tank continues to get better. So you have one guy who plateaued at a certain level and another guy who's already levels above him continuing to get better. Um, and, again, the thing that kind of bummed me out is – Ryan Garcia should have just shown much more improvement. And, you know, everybody, everybody talks about him just being a YouTube, you know, a media, a social media guy. And, and you know, that's how he's amassed his following. Uh, and I'm one of those guys that, like, yeah, I don't care what you do. If you're dedicated to your craft, you're dedicated to your craft. And you can go ahead and stop people at referring to you as a social media guy. But, again, he, what he showed me was a non-commitment to his craft. He fought angry, he fought anxious. It's like Tony said, all before the fight, he seemed real calm and composed. Then he got in the ring and seemed anxious. So, you know, it was definitely levels of maturity uh, difference between the two. But the, the big thing to me, the big takeaway was I see a guy in Ryan Garcia who's fighting the same type of fight that he fought two years ago. And at 24, that shouldn't be happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to say, too, he took it like a man. Yeah, and you like you want to close this? Kind of like, go ahead. Zito. 
Uh, first of all, hello, guys. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, hello, guys. I'm sorry I'm late. I just came back from driving. Uh, I heard some of what you said about uh, tanking Ryan Garcia. Um, and to me, I like I I, I kind of called that. And I called it, but it, it, it's something that kind of struck me before the fight. And it's something that Ty said. He said that a funny thing happened. <laughs> One guy was fighting constantly, and another guy was just kind of talking and fighting non-competition. Tank was fighting elite competition. He was fighting his mandatory. Like, these guys were checked. If Tank wasn't there, then these guys would be that they will be title holders, and they will be fighting for who's going to hold the title. So Tank was Tank is clearing, almost clearing the vision out. What is Ryan Garcia doing? Like resumes do mean something when it comes to physical combat. So, like I mean, and what I saw, I literally saw a professional against an amateur. That's what I saw. When Ryan Garcia, the moment Ryan Garcia wanted to go, like he tried to come in and he tried to make it a little rough, tried to grab Tank's neck, try to take him down, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Tank looked at the breath. And, and, here's what, and here's what I'm going to tell you. And this is what I know, and I'm sorry, I don't want to even bring nothing that I even do in the ring. But nobody can help you in there but yourself. Tank looked right. at the breath. Listen, this guy is, he's, he's grabbing me, he's hitting me over the head, like he's grabbing, he's, you know, he's covering the back of my head and uppercutting me. The guy is getting rough, he's trying to take me down, he's grabbing me, like, almost more tie crunching me. Mm-hmm. So, you know okay. what, Tank said, and, 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 and Tank said, you know what, okay, I talked to the ref. Not, maybe an exchange after that, Tank smiled. Because the way Ryan was grabbing him, the way Ryan was approaching him. Yeah, you know, when I saw him book. smile before he got him book. down. Oh, so my God. Exactly. He said, all I have to um, do is avoid his only main weapon. Because right about now, Ryan stopped jabbing. You know what? In the second know. round, Ryan, he didn't even come out jabbing. No, hold on, hold on. You know, when, when when Tank, and it, the funny thing is Ryan was coming hot, and Tank was actually on the back foot and slipping his punches, and he smiled because he saw it. He's like, you keep coming with that. I'm going to get you. Let me tell you this, man. But, 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 but Ty, let me tell you what's crazy about it. The way Ryan was coming forward, <clears throat> Tank wasn't even using his feet. He would use nope. his upper body movement because the longer guy did not know how to use his feet to commit to that forward attack. Not without the longer guy, Ryan, all of his positioning to get himself hit. He, did, he couldn't do it that exactly, way. Exactly. So Ryan was even, he didn't even give it up. So Tank, I watched a whole lot of Tank just upper body just move his body backward from a long reach. That didn't really commit like that. Hmm. To make a long story short, Ryan was the first knockdown. 
was Ryan sitting up there. He got over aggressive and he got dirty and he thought he could get dirty again. He thought he could throw his left hook and go in again and tank caught him. Ryan, he's tough. He got up. As the fight went on, tank went body, jabbed to the body, jabbed to the head, hard left to the body. Jabbed to the head, hard left to the body. How do you keep a longer guy off of you? First of all, you change levels. You change levels. You don't keep your head on that same level that he was defensively. Tank started out defensively keeping his head that way. He started off offensive aggression a little earlier. And we did and that, and that was because Ryan was Ryan was a little more aggressive. After he knocked him down, coming around the end of the third round, jab to the head, bang to the body. Ryan's feet are not good enough as a 6'10 man, his feet aren't good enough to get away from a 5'10 man going to his body. Like, he moved mm-hmm. back, and his hands kept coming down. Hank started coming up with his left and realized, you know, and, you know, he caught him a few times. The only success Ryan had offensively in that fight at all was throwing a straight right. And Ryan is, and that is not his, his nature punch, which it. And in development, you should have more than one punch. But Ryan, as good as he is, he, he is his bread and butter is a left hook. He, now his right hand doesn't mean as much as it should. Oh, hold on, Ryan. His, his, his right hand didn't mean as much as it should. But it, it didn't mean as much. You said Ryan as good as he is. I. I how good is Ryan? What he is, he's very athletically he's talented. He's talented. He's talented. Yeah, good. He's talented. Yeah, he's talented. He's good. But he's good, talented. Yeah, but he hasn't that's developed. That's all I can say. You know, he hasn't developed. And, and that's mm-hmm. my point. That's my point right there. Ryan hasn't developed into what he should be. And I, I, and I said it before. He took this fight too early. Tank, has, Tank is in his prime and has fought the major competition. Well, Ryan's still mm-hmm. young. He's cocky. And Tank, and, and I hate to say it, and I'm going to cut this right here. Tank is in his prime, but he did Ryan like an old man. Mm-hmm. He literally did Ryan old man style. That's all I have to say right now. <laughs> hey, Caden, uh, I know you, you're stopping at the bit to talk about uh, uh, Sergey Pavlovich. Uh, and his fight last week. You want to talk about that? It's, uh, Sergey Pavlovich. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Sergey Pavlovich. Sergey Pavlovich came in hot. He, he was always, you know, he was always projected, or you know, before even before that that fight with Tai Tuivasa. He's always just been the most you know, explosive UFC fighter. You know, till t- this you know, right now, probably the most explosive UFC fighter on the entire roster. He has the the lowest average uh, fight fight time. I think it's like two two minutes and thirty six seconds. Might have gone up a little bit with this fight because this this fight lasted three minutes and eight seconds. But it was just it was typical. It was what everyone thought was going to happen. He's fighting Curtis Blades. He's fighting you know, Curtis Blades has you know he's predominantly a wrestler. He can stand up. You know, when he does stand up, he does show you know bits of individual brilliance. But it's just, it's not all there with him. You know what I mean? It's, 
not a very mm-hmm. well put together striker. Not not yet at least. Not not yet in his USC career. But he's working on it. Sergi Pavlovich, okay. on the other hand, he's com- he's a completed striker. He's he's done. He's fought. You know, he's he's he destroyed Taiji Vasa in like 52 seconds. Even before that, he destroyed um, Derek Lewis in like 55 seconds. He's just, he's on this insane run like no other UFC fighter like ever has ever done. His one loss was his was his UFC debut, which is kind of you know, expected. Just the UFC debut, not always going to win that one. But this was no different. Mm-hmm. Came in, got the knockout in three minutes and in eight seconds. Curtis Blade, he just looked very confused. He didn't. He wasn't ready for all the strikes that were coming at him. He wasn't ready for just Sergey Pavlovich's aggression and his overall, you know, well-roundedness as a striker. I don't think he really was expecting how how, how well-rounded and how versed he is in the striking field. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bob, what do you think? I think Pavlovich is a is a problem for the the heavyweight division. Um, and on, on you know, the way he's handling all these heavyweights, I'm watching some heavyweights right now on, on the UFC, and they're not, they're not going to stand a chance against Pavlovich. So Pavlovich is going to work his way up against John Jones. So service over to Caden. What do you think Pavlovich is going to do versus John Jones? Does the GOAT take the Russian, or does the Russian put a pounding on Jones? Or, or do they never fight? Because I think that John Jones wants to fight Stepe Miocic. That is, he, that's all he wants to do right Whoa. now is fight Stepe. And he says after he fights Stepe, he will most likely retire. Ooh. So we're so we I might move. be looking at one more fight for John Jones, and it could be a UFC title. You know, both the greatest light heavyweight of all time, probably the greatest fighter, combat sports fighter in in MMA of all time, going against the greatest heavyweight of all time, greatest UFC heavyweight of all time. This is the, is the ultimate showdown to see who's the best. And, you know, they're, both, they're both not in the prime, I would say that, but John Jones just looks absolutely electric. His hands and his, his movements are magic. He's, he's just one of a kind. So you say he gets out of the way once he takes the title or once he, you know, proves he's the GOAT, he takes a graceful retirement and gets out of the mm-hmm. way of Pavlovich. And Pavlovich goes on to take on the UFC gold. Yep, that's how I think they're doing. I think it, the entire division runs through Sergey Pavlovich. And that's nice. the future of that division. Either him or, my, hopefully, it's my guy Tom, Tom Aspinall. Aspinall, dude. Tom Aspinall. Let my Tom guy Aspinall. come back. Yes, sir. <laughs> I want his Let legs to get better now. Come. Let the scouser <laughs> get healthy. I think hey, talking he's about, dude, man. Talking about um, Curtis Blades, he's that's who he broke his fight. That's who he broke his leg again. Tom yep. Aspinall. Yep. That was just. I think uh, Tom Aspinall is that dude, man. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. Sergey Pavlik looked great. I thought Curtis Blades would would last a little longer. In fact, I predicted, you know, Caden, that's it, first-round knockout. And I was like, yeah, he's going to get him, Caden, but I don't know if he's going to get him in the first round. Damn if he didn't. Also, Curtis Blades, man, he fought with the worst strategy strategy he could fight yeah. against a come-forward power puncher. 
a guy who's coming forward like that with quick hands, too. Pavlovich has quick hands, so Cade's absolutely right about him being explosive. But he still he still has heavyweight feet, right? Like he has quick hands, but he's still not the fastest guy on his feet. The one time he lost, it was in his debut. He lost because he got pounded out by Overeem, ground to pound. They got in the clinch. Overeem was handling him in the clinch, and then Overeem tripped him, kind of swept him from the clinch, and he got on top of him and pounded him out. So for Curtis Blaze to be fighting off the back foot against a power puncher who wants to bring the fight downhill on you and to only try one telegraph half-hearted takedown was just one of the, like, some of the worst strategy I've seen. And so when Caden said he didn't look right, he didn't look right at all. He, he didn't look like he knew who he was fighting out there. Um, so uh, Curtis Blades always gets right to being like the third or fourth ranked heavyweight, and then somebody with power knocks him on his block, knocks him on his ass, and that's that again. He has to rebuild. So, you know, you kind of feel for the guy because he's a guy that can give. He, you know what? He is. He's not a great matchup for a Stipe Miocic because Stipe doesn't have that one-shot kill power. And so he's the guy who can make that fight a grinding fight. And, and not that Stipe wouldn't beat him, but at 38, you know, you know, he's a guy, given the right matchup, he could be champion. But, man, if he has to fight a guy who can punch, who can knock you out with one punch, Curtis Blades' only losses are to Francis Ngannou, Derek Lewis, and Sergey Pavlovich. Right now, people would tell you they're probably the three biggest hitters the UFC's ever had, and those are the guys who are stopping them every time. And it's, just, it's crazy to have that resume, and it's it's kind of those uh, another one of those Alexander Gustafson stories, or you know one of those Kobe Covington stories where if it, if it, if he were in a different era, he most likely yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. like Alexander Gustafsson deserved to be champion, but because John Jones and Daniel Cormier were fighting at the same time he was fighting, he he was just not good enough. He's, those Dude, are all think times. About this. How many defenses would Max Holloway have racked up if Volkanovski never came along? Oh, because he he's beating all the top can- contenders. Volkanovski out. You know, after he won his last fight, Volkanovski tweeted out, hey, Max, stop beating up my contenders. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. thought it was like he's the only contender in that division. Like, Dude, he like he would, he, Max Holloway would be, he would be getting close to Anderson Silva's streak if oh, not yeah. for Volkanovski. Oh, yeah. He would be going, so he would be getting close to Jose Aldo. Yeah, he too easily if not for Volkanovski. Mm-hmm. And it's, just, hey, uh, it's crazy to think about, you know, e- even when um, I saw something about Conor McGregor was saying, uh, Max Holloway, let's run it back. And a lot of people don't really know this, that Max, that young Max Holloway and young Conor McGregor fought at the very beginning of both of their careers. And yeah. Conor McGregor ended up coming up with a W. And it was yeah, on a prelim sure. fight. It was, it was under, it was, I think it was an undercard fight of a prelim or, 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 or a, of a fight night. It was of a fight night. And it was, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was a prelim of a fight night. And it's, it's crazy to see two UFC legends fighting each other at the very start of their careers. Two Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Hey, it out. All right, now, we, I got one for you, Tony. Uh, Tyson Fury versus Andy Ruiz. 
July 22nd. That isn't a fight. <laughs> that, that's, I don't know what you would call it, but it's not a fight. <laughs> Tyson Fury is going to kill him. Sure. I don't see how he, Ruiz would even have a chance. Yeah. It's funny, about this time, uh, Dr. Uh, Chris would walk in, would uh, talk in and say, is that that fight Mexican? Yeah, <laughs> what do you think? Now, is that already signed? He is the best. Yes. Yes. No, it's not signed yet. It's not signed yet. In fact, there there are a lot of fights that have been rumored. Um, that was mm-hmm. one that, that that had been talked about, but there's been no movement on on anything Tyson Fury as of yet. But there is some talk that he'll come back in July. Uh, there was some talk that. That uh, Deontay Wilder and Andy uh, Anthony Joshua, there's some talk that they could be fighting December in Abu Dhabi, but there's also some talk that uh, that Dazen wants the Zone wants uh, Anthony Joshua to come back in uh, July or August. Also, uh, Stephen Espinosa said that uh, Terence Crawford and um, Errol Spence are about 99. Well, what he said was they're very close to being signed. And um, he said, but, you know, we were close last time. He said, last time we were 98%. He said, what's more than 98%? He said, can I say we're 99% now? He said, so, yeah, we're about 99% close to getting it done. He says, but we still have a few more things to do. He said, but hopefully we'll get it done. Multiple sources have reported that that fight's going to take place in July. Espinoza said, for it to take place in July, we've got to get, over, get it over the finish line within this next week or so. So one way or the other, uh, we should be hearing some news on that fight. Uh, what Espinosa also said is, if it falls through this time, he said, that's probably it. He said, if we don't get it over the finish line this time, it's dead on arrival from this point on. So uh, fingers crossed they'll get it done within this next week. Okay. And what about the, uh, Nick Diaz choking out the uh, – uh, Paul lookalike, Jake Paul lookalike. Talk shit, get hit. Oh, Talk yeah, shit, talking about fights hit. that haven't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, Talk well, shit, get hit. You you, you want to go ahead and, and rush at a professional fighter? That's what's going to happen to you. He's going to leave you laying unconscious in the street with a gash in your head. You're lucky that's all that happened. Yep. Talk shit, get hit. That's what they said. There you go. Bob? Yeah, well, uh, there you go, uh, Jake Paul lookalike. You know what I mean? Coming up for a, 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 a try to scrap with uh, Nate Diaz in New Orleans. Um, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get choked the f out. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, when he when he spars or boxes uh, Jake Paul or whatever, he he won't have those skills. But uh, anybody on the street, I think we should bring that back as legal. You know, when someone comes in and starts swinging on you, you put them to sleep. That's the least amount of, uh, uh, you know, uh, resistance you can put on somebody. But now they're they're trying to say that that's illegal, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, no, my problem is this, you know, like with the John Jones and all the fighters out there, you know, with, you know, stealing the quote from Spider-Man again, with great uh, ability comes great responsibility. On the other hand, I'm tired of all these affliction-wearing t-shirt mofos coming up to real <laughs> fighters 
and, and, and trying to get a scrap on because they were in a fight once or twice in their life. Now, look, we do this for a living. You don't have a chance. Just because you were in a fight once or twice and you're the tough guy in your high school doesn't mean that you're going to have a chance at us. We do this every day, and we're going to do it as quickly and as nicely and politely as possible, but stop coming front, you know? Don't throw rocks at a glass house, boy, you know, because uh, you're going to be put down. And good thing for Nate Diaz. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, sorry for the lookalike of Jake Paul. Uh, I just wish he could choke out the real one in a couple of weeks coming, but here we go. Right. Okay. Hey, uh, 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 Ty, what do you think about, uh, Turner versus Hooker in uh, USC 290 uh, coming up? About hook, who's, who's Hooker fighting? Turner and Hooker. Oh, he's fighting Jalen Turner. Oh yeah, that's going to be a good scrap. Jalen Turner had a good a good fight against uh, Caden. What's the what's the what's the Polish kid's name? Caden, Marius Gamrot. But, he had a great fight against Gamrot, but he came up a little short. So uh, this is a great chance to rebound. Hooker's been kind of you know in decline to a certain extent, but with that said, uh, you know he still has name value. And, you know, the move back to lightweight looks like it's been paying dividends. So, you know, this is a big fight for both guys, kind of a crossroads fight, right? Because if Jalen Turner wins this fight, he gets to announce himself. He didn't quite make that announcement because he lost a close decision to Gamrot. But if he wins this fight, he announces himself as a potential contender quite possibly. If Hooker wins this fight, you know what? He extends – he extends his, his prime a little bit, and it gives him a chance to maybe make one more last run at the title. So very interesting fight. Uh, two well-rounded mm-hmm. guys, two guys who are also pretty tall and long for the division as well. So it'll be interesting, interesting style clash, I believe. Okay, Bob? I was on mute again. So, uh, yeah, so <laughs> uh, fat fingers, small buttons. You know how it works. So, anyway, uh, yeah, Gamera, you know, that'll be a great fight coming up. I agree pretty much with everything Ty said. Okay. All right. Uh, okay, so, Tony, uh, Gabriel Rosado. Said this week that he's going to retire. Do you believe it or not? Mm, not yet. Mm-hmm. Not yet. I don't think he's going to do it yet. Okay. What do you think, Ty? Yeah, I do think Gabe's going to call it a day, right? Gabe's, you know, like 38 now, and he's mm-hmm. lost like nine of his last ten. Gabe, Gabe Rosado lost to Sugar Shay Mosley Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and, you know, his last good performance was in a fight against Danny Jacobs a few years back, a fight a lot of people thought he should have won. Uh, but, you know, Gabe Rosado's always been a hard luck guy. He's always been a guy that was, a, you know, he's a true prize fighter, always gave an honest effort. Uh, Zito and I had the fortune of meeting him one time uh, in, in Philadelphia at one of the events. Good guy, nice guy, friendly guy. Looks a lot bigger 
in person, actually, than he does in, in, in the ring on TV. Um, but, you know, he's always gave an honest effort, represented Philadelphia well. Um, but, again, we're talking about a guy who's lost, you know, like ten of his – like nine of his last ten fights with that one fight that he didn't lose being a draw. You know, so uh, I, I do think he's ready to hang him up. Obviously, you know, Tony's thinking like like we're all thinking too. With these guys, they say they're going to hang him up, but there's money to be made, you know. Right. And if there's money to be made, it's hard not to do something you love, even if you don't think you can do it well anymore, right? Um, mm-hmm. So he says he's going to focus on management and, and training, and I hope to see him do so. You know, kudos to Gabe Rosado. He gave us a lot of uh, fine years of fine memories. Okay. Hey, about, uh, let me ask you about uh, Tony about uh, Chris Eubank uh, versus Liam Smith uh, coming up in June. Is that another one that's signed, or is that just uh... yeah, that's signed. Oh yeah, that's signed. The rematch. Remember, he took Eubank out in I don't know four or five. So yeah, this is cool. the rematch. They're or, doing yeah. the rematch. Yeah. Yes, sir. I don't, I don't think much is going to change. From the last okay. one. Okay. No, I absolutely <laughs> agree with uh, Tony. Um, going into the fight, I honestly thought Eubank was going to win. I thought he was going to be too big for him. Uh, even mm-hmm. though I didn't think stylistically, you know, Eubank was not the, he's not the better fighter, point blank. But he's the bigger, stronger, quicker athlete. And Eubank up to that point was known – to have inherited his father's granite chin. Um, but mm-hmm. then he got in the corner and got bombed out. So unless Eubank can't, he can't win this fight boxing Liam Smith. For Eubank to win this fight, he needs to fight him the way he fought a George Groves and a Billy Joe Saunders, where, no, he wasn't the most technically astute fighter, but he was aggressive and ferocious and on the front foot. That's, that's Eubank's mm-hmm. best chance because he's the bigger guy. But with that said, if he can't take – uh, take Liam Smith's punch and last time he couldn't take Beefy's punch so if he can't take Beefy's punch this time um, it's hard to see it going any differently and when I see a guy get conclusively concussed it's hard for me to bet on him the second time yeah alright uh, let me ask uh, uh, let's go with the big one then Z Earl Spence and Crawford, supposedly going on 7:22 in Las Vegas. What's your thoughts? Yep. I think we lost him. Uh, we lost him again. Okay. What What do you think, thoughts, uh, Ty? Well, as I, as I said a few minutes ago, the fight's not signed yet. Espinosa said it's close to getting done. Um, they need to get it done this week for it to happen in July. So uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about it when they actually get it done. It's not over the finish line yet. So. Yeah, I'm going to start my phone uh, going offline a, a lot right That's now. Okay. Um, and, and I was going to say uh, I caught the tail end of what Ty said, and if it's not signed, then it's hard to talk about right now. Uh, I could chop mm-hmm. the fight up as much, but neither guy has been exceptionally busy. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, as, as far as I'm concerned, Crawford has been the last busy guy, but nobody, neither one of these guys are fighting, and 
if they're not fighting, then I guess we're going to get the same matchup. Because like when Tank when when, when uh yeah when Tank is fighting and Ryan is not fighting that it presents a different you know kind of dynamic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but neither one of these guys are, are really you know they're not busy like that. Canelo's busy. Canelo's busy. I, I'm going to give Canelo that. He 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 does like to stay busy, but he stays very I, active. I, I, and and I give him that. What I don't like is like. Vince hasn't been fighting since what the Ugas fight. That, that's worrisome. Crawford just had a mm-hmm. fight uh, a few months ago, but I mean he he fought. Vince has to have. I mean, he stay, it's a stay busy fight. And my thing is this: I mean he he's taking one of these just to make money. It's not a you know a stay busy fight to keep competition alive. It, it's to make money because he's under a promotion where to be honest. Crawford needs to, you know, fight a little bit more than Smith does to make money in the welterweight mm-hmm. division. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I want those these guys to match up, but That's I, right. I don't think they're going to they're really Anthony going to match up. Yeah, so, fought, yeah, that that's Crawford's last yeah, fight, I, and I, that's what they did. I, I kind of thought Errol Spence but took for a money. fight similar. Errol Spence didn't take a no. He hasn't fought since Ugas, has he? No, he hasn't. Because right when he when 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 Crawford fought Avenesian, the talk was that that Spence was going to fight uh, Thurman. Yep. But then after that, they they got back and negotiated. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So I mean, and even when Crawford fought, I mean, it was more as I say, it more for promotion. It's more for money, just because he's under a promotion that is not well, as lucrative in the welterweight division. Crawford's not promoted by anybody. You know, when he left top rank and still has a supposedly a lawsuit pending with top rank, he's a free agent. So when he signed but, that fight and you said it was for money, that absolutely was for money because it was an independent promotion and they paid exactly. him like a, a, a like a crazy amount of money to mm-hmm. fight David Abenesian, which is he said he said, Hey man, I gotta take this. You know what I mean? Since that didn't happen, I'm gonna take this great opportunity. I think he made like ten million dollars or something to fight David Abenesian. So, but 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 the thing is, when when he when he broke promotion from uh, Bob Arum, it was to make the big fights, the big money. Where's that? The only fight he made was where is that? To fight Avenesian, right? Exactly. The only person he fought (laughs) since he left Bob Arum was Avenesian. He got paid a lot to do it, but. This whole again, man. This is starting to remind mm-hmm. me of Mayweather Pacquiao because both exactly. guys are negotiating. We're in negotiations, but nobody's fighting. It's not. It's not like they're negotiating and, and staying active and busy and fighting other people. Want it? No, they're not. Thank you. They're not. And so Espinosa said, "Look, man, we're we're ninety nine percent there. We're ninety nine percent there." He said, "For it to happen in July, because multiple sources are reporting July uh, a date and everything." And he's like, for it to happen in July, for me to confirm those sources, we need to get it done within these next week or so. So hopefully they get it done in the average of July. Like you, I kind of can't predict it right now because mm-hmm. you, you've been more caught up in it. you got to predict whether it happens first before you predict who wins. <laughs> and neither one's been fighting, so you, we can't predict off of recent form. Nah, mm-hmm. nah. But, you know, the hey, thing Bob. is, you know, unlike Ryan Garcia, both of these guys are in their, pro, you know, they're, they're, they're accomplished, they're established, they are who they are. 
Ryan Garcia yeah. is not who he can be yet. And he, again, that the issue is he doesn't seem like he's did it too soon. Strides to get there. I, I, I said he did it too soon. I said it. It's always going to be too soon if he doesn't improve. So well, it depends what level he sees too. <laughs> hey Bob, Aljamain Sterling is uh, trying to assess if he had went over uh, Sajayo, uh Where would he be placed as? Would he be the goat for that division? Well, he's that. That's the big question, you know. Uh, Henry or Triple C or whatever, uh, he's coming back um, to fight Alarmain, and Alarmain's looking for the goat. But um, I, ah, that's that's a tough call if that's going to put him in goat contention. If you know, if he takes out um, uh, Cahuto or Henry Cahuto, um then yeah, you know, I mean, it, that's going to look pretty good, but. Henry retired and, and uh, you know, on top of his game, and so that'll be a good comeback for him. And, yeah, I'd, I'd say that it's a good positioning for GOAT, but of that division, like Caden and I were talking about earlier, I mean, right now, I mean, uh, out, looking outside of my personal views of the man, John Jones is sitting as, as the overall GOAT right now. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so to go for GOAT in your division, uh, you know, that, that, that possibly could be the one. But, um, yeah, so – I, that'll be a good fight. I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, the ring rust on Cahuto, uh, see if he comes back with mm-hmm. Alamein or, you know, and see how that goes and plays out. But, yeah, I mean, I really like Alamein Sterling. So, yeah, I'll give him a, a, a go vote. I like Aljo, too, but I think he's got a ways to, to be the GOAT. Um, yeah. Again, if, if, he, if he beats Cahuto, the first thing that, you know, here's the thing, right? A lot of people don't like Aljo. Kind of like Bob, I like Aljo. Um, but if he beats Cejudo, everybody's going to say, well, he beat a guy coming off a three-year layoff. And right. even if he beats Cejudo, can we, are we still going to sit here, right? Like, specifically, I'm going to say myself, Zito, Bob, and Caden, guys who, like, really follow MMA, are we going to sit here and say, yeah, you know what? I do think he's better than Dominic Cruz who right now is probably no. widely considered the GOAT at that division, right? I don't think we would say that just yet. Could we would we sit back here and say, you know what, I think he's better than a prime Uriah Faber. Maybe we'll start making that argument, but I don't know if we say that just yet. So I still think he's got some work to do even after Suhuda. There we go. Well said. Hi, Ty, as a, as a resident filmmaker, there's a film supposedly coming out on uh, – uh, Izzy, um, Anasaya. Foreman. Uh, what's your thoughts on that one? Uh, on the film on who? Uh, Israel, on the, uh, Anasaya. Oh, is there like a documentary, uh, being made? Yeah, I know there's a documentary coming to Netflix one. Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah, I'm 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 assuming you know for fight fans it's going to be awesome. Just like there's a documentary or docu series coming to Netflix on Conor McGregor very shortly. Uh, you, you know, I think for us fight fans, anytime you could get a look inside uh, at the fighters, specifically their psyche, um, you know, for, for people who don't know the game or casual fans who like these guys, their day-to-day, um, and it humanizes the fighters, and I think that's good, right? And what it also does is it brings more eyes to the game. And, you know, boxing, mm-hmm. MMA, we could always use, use more eyes, more educated fans. So, and, and specifically – if it helps to increase fighter pay. And I'm all for it, man. Okay. 
Well, guys, that I'm looking forward to the to the to the oh the George Foreman movie. Heck yeah, bring it on, Foreman. Yeah, yeah. I want to see uppercut. I want to see one of those uppercuts in movie fashion. Yeah, right. <laughs> we, you know, I'm glad you guys brought that that up because next week we have a, a good friend of ours, a good friend of the, the program's, uh, uh, Bernard Hopkins is going to be on. I'm sorry, Bernard uh, uh, Fernandez is going to be on with us and uh, talk about his uh, he's got three books out now. Uh, okay, read, uh, yeah, they're available for anybody that wants to read them. Love uh, Bernard Fernandez. Love Bernard yeah. Fernandez. I became a fan of Bernard uh, watching the Daily. The Daily News Live used to be my favorite TV show. For those that don't know, it's a local Philly uh, sports sports talk show, TV talk show that specifically used to come on at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I used to watch it every day when I came home from work. And and used to love – Michael Barkham, still a huge fan, but used to love Bernard Fernandez. That's where I really started falling in love with him and his work. I'm an article writer. I'm an article writer, so yeah, I, I read Bernard Fernandez, and yeah, yeah. He, he's kind of inspirational when it comes to boxing articles. So yeah, I'm gonna say Bernard. You know where I first fell in love with your yeah. ass? That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when did you fall in love with him, Ty? That's what I'm gonna say. Bernard, you know when I first fell in love with your ass on Daily News. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, well, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you. I give it up sometime. He was at uh, he was in Chester at the uh, Harris uh, for a, a boxing match, and a person who was a uh, a member of our staff who was uh, passed on uh, walked up to him and said, "Weren't you Bernard Fernandez?" He says, "I'm still alive." Yes, I am. He said, "Weren't you?" Wow. <laughs> Wow. wow! He said, "Weren't you?" Wow! That's, wow. that's something to say. That's something to wow. say. Chris, Chris honestly mm. looked at him, you know, with, with a you know, a quizzical face. He, he was like, "I'm not still. I'm not still." <laughs> wow! We went, down to, we went down to Atlantic City one time to a big match, and uh, um, I forget who it was. Uh, oh, who was the guy? Was, uh, he was a champ, but he was married to this beautiful. Uh, Fifty-year-old woman that uh, did a Playboy ad. Uh, uh, Bob Gilson. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he goes up. We're standing there, we're talking, and all of a sudden he disappears. And I look over, and he's standing in front of this guy, toe to toe, but wagging his finger, tossing the guy's face. And the guy says, "I'll come out of here and beat your ass." <laughs> Chris was always good for a good laugh and a good good fun, good fun time. But uh, okay, yeah, Bob, you want to lead us out? Time, but yes, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bob, you want to lead us out? Absolutely! What a great show! Always great having the whole crew on. Uh, great week. Um, good stuff. Uh, keep those eyes up. Chins down. Uh, God bless. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, thank you. Tony? Tony? I guess we'll have to revive Tony. Okay. He's, he's, he's eating crow. Mouthful of crow. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, yeah. Yeah, you called on me? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, first, before anything, and I usually don't do this, but I want to wish two of the fighters down the Fight Factory. They had fights in Lancaster today. LG and Killer K. They know who they are, and, and, and I wish them luck. I sparred with them uh, this week, and these boys are pretty uh, live. So I wish them luck, and hopefully they, they came home with a victory. Um, yes, sir. I want to th- yes sir. I want to thank Ty. I want to thank Bob. I want to thank Caden. I want to thank you, Butch. I want to thank all my Fighting Words family. These shows are definitely a memory of Bob, Coach Mellon, Doctor Chris. Anyone wants to hear any Fighting Words? Please do call. And you know, Z, anytime you want to invite any of those fighters on the program, please just go ahead and invite them and let me know they're coming, and we'll put them in this in this, this schedule. Ty, absolutely. Hey, always great being on with family. My brother from my mother, Zito. My brother, my boxing brother from another, Tony. Then my MMA brothers, Caden and Bob and Butch. Always a pleasure talking to you guys. Everyone have a wonderful week. Not much on as far as fights tonight. UFC has a card, not a big card. Uh, to me, the biggest fight of the weekend. Tune in for uh, bare knuckle fighting. Uh, Luke Rockhold against Mike Perry, as well as. Uh, Eddie Alvarez, the underground king against uh, Chad. What's his guy? What's, uh, what's uh, the guy's name? Chad Mendez. Yes. So I missed that part. Yeah, that's that's tonight, right? On B. So that's okay. bare knuckle boxing tonight. So everyone have a great week. Enjoy whatever fights you see. Be safe. Be well. And to all our fans, if you uh, want to see some good football right now, the USFL is playing really good football. And we have a, a, a very a, a special uh, uh, friend on there. Uh, Vince Papali is the son of uh, Vince Papali, a good friend of mine. Vince um, was the uh, outstanding right? All-American. He's All-American at, uh, at uh, Delaware, and he's a wide receiver. He just uh, intercepted a, a ball in the, inter- in the uh, end zone uh, to bring them back up. Uh, uh, so he's doing really well. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this program is brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation. The men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women of the police and fire services, the doctors and nurses, <clears throat> the first responders through COVID, and the wonderful people to clean up after them, and especially the people who stock the shelves in, in the market. These programs are dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman Jeffrey Kroll-Kapp, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazis, Sergeant Thomas Batinger. Detective Randy Bell, Detective Rick Childer, San Diego Officer Mike Henry, Sergeant Tom Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff Department, Patrolman Charlie Cunn, the Tarpon Springs Police Department, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, Sergeant Charles Levake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Anapo Christian, Lakeland PD, Lieutenant Joe Zerba, Newcastle County Police, Deputy uh, Josh Meyer, Nassau County Sheriff's Department. Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department. Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Artis Hope, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Flakus, Wilmington Fire Department. <clears throat> Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol. Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Chief Al Hogo, Longo Police Department. Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. Deputy Mike Hargrove, Pine Ellis County Sheriff's Department. 
Debbie Blaine Lee, Polk County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Chris Myers, Polk County Sheriff's Department. And Sergeant Christopher Fitzgerald, Philadelphia Sheriff's Department and, and Temple University Police Department. My brothers and sisters, you may be 10-7 at this point in time. Sometime we'll be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the roofs rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields. <laughs> the sunshine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your family always in the palm of his hands. Good night. God bless and have a great week.
We love you and we miss you.